Hello, everybody. Welcome back to D&D 404. I am your DM, Tony. And join with me today are the other three holiday songs on my playlist. Fellas, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, starting with the Christmas caroling, Jerry. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, Armo's checking in. Uh, holiday holiday uh, songs, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have one. I, I don't know. Jingle bells, that always... I don't know. I get sick of them, quite honestly, by the time. Oh, no. He's one of yeah. them. Oh, no. You want to tag in? You want a, you want a celebrity shot here? I'll help you out. All right. What do you got? Anything Michael Bublé. Uh, okay. You know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to the Mariah Carey one once, and then I'm, I'm good for the holidays. So right, that's mine. Well, I'm next, I suppose. I'm Dan. I play Minus Pebble Walker, Tiny Little Swarm Keeper Ranger, and I am the... Uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer in this God place. fucking <laughs> damn it. I hate going last. I literally fucking hate going last. I fucking hate it so fucking much. It's insane. I'll switch it. I'll switch it. Uh, no, it's too late. It's too late. You've already done it. We need to start switching who goes first. <laughs> no, it's fine. I like going last because it makes me think on my feet and come up with other random shit. <laughs> Clearly. Um... I am Alec. I play Drell of the Ashborn, and I like Technical Foul, which yes. is... Yes! That's so good. It's a Christmas song because it's in the uh, cartoon Eight Crazy Nights Adam Sandler movie. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's called Eight Crazy Nights. Uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into the run down. Today's rundown is brought to you by me, and you know the deal. We got a merch website now. It's cold outside, baby. That's right. It's cold outside. And you know what? We got those nice jackets. We got beanies. We got hats. We got hefty little shirts in there, and we got wine glasses to warm those cold spirits of yours. That's right. I also want to shout out and run down the Discord. And I want to shout out everybody in the Discord, everybody that's been talking in the Discord, everyone that's been saying hi and good morning and how you doing, sharing the memes, sharing their D&D stories. Hello to all of you, and thank you for being a part of the community. And if you're not going to join the community, what the hell? Well, what's wrong with you guys? Get into Discord. Come on. You're listening to episode freaking 48 plus bonus content. Yeah, especially you, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Come on, Zach. Zach attack. My goodness. Get in here. We just gave Zach a heart attack. That's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and get into the recap. In our last session, the Bloodshot Bandits discovered a secret hideaway tucked underneath the Chapel of the Gatherer. Descending down a secret staircase in Pastor Lero's office, the gang soon discovers that this is a Red Dawn hideout. After some not-so-sneaky stealth checks, the group begins to battle the cultist members. After dealing with deceptively easy targets, Julius Kendrick reveals himself and the group begins to face the real threat. How does that joke go? A bone naga, fresh corpses, and a necromancer walk into a bar? Bard, play that intro and let's get on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first-time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is D&D 404. Menace. Ugh. You are currently standing in a pool of necrotic goop. In front of you is a giant nope rope, a bone skeleton taking up a majority of the room. Beneath it is Drell, paralyzed by the snake's spell. Armos's flame wall is still roaring behind you, and Julius is an, in a unknown location somewhere within the hideout. What are you doing? Ugh, Armos, 
I hope you got some tricks up your sleeve. I don't know what else to do, but hit this thing. <laughs> I just run up and uh, start slashing at it with uh, my hand axes. You just go, go straight up to the giant bone snake. Yes. <laughs> so at the end of your turn, if you are still in the goop, you're going to have to make a constitution saving throw. Well, I'm going to hit this thing with my uh, my axes real quick. Okay. I'm just going to do two attacks and a bonus attack. Keep it simple this turn as I'm getting back into the session. Yeah, this 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 giant boat snake is like looking at you. He's kind of coiling around Drell as Drell is stuck under this charm, uh, this charm spell. Wow, I just rolled a six, a one, and a one. I got to re-roll one of the ones, <laughs> and I got a one. That's all gonna miss, my friend. Oh, okay, good thing I have a bonus action. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> the sins just fly right through his bony carapace. That that may be the worst turn I've ever had. <laughs> a four, a one, a one, and a six. Harbos, do something! <laughs> just swinging at this <laughs> bone snake. I'm just playing xylophones on the snake, not even hurting it. <laughs> Fuck. That is your sorry turn. Go ahead and make me a Constitution saving throw as you are in a necrotic goopity goop goop. All right, 16. You take 22 points of damage, which is already half, as it dealt 42 damage in this necrotic goop. We're going to go to initiative eight, which is Drell, who is paralyzed and struck to the core. You're going to go ahead and make me a wisdom saving throw to see if you could break hold of the spell, and you're going to make me a constitution saving throw at the same time because it happens at the end of your turn, so you're not going to be able to move. I'll start with the wisdom saving throw then. Absolutely. Ooh, that is a 16. Drell. You are broken free as you flex oh, out of this charm ability as you hit the DC on the nose. Looks like I'm about to do everything myself. <laughs> give me, uh, so this is the end of your turn, so give me a constitution saving throw. You're going to be free uh, to move on your next turn. Oh, that's not as good. That's a 10. Ooh, you're going to take full damage, my friend. Mm. I was born for this. <laughs> the dice favor you as you take 34 points of necrotic damage. That's it. Just kidding. <laughs> you want me to roll again? <laughs> no. <laughs> Armos, get in here. You got all those 10 points, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just a quick question. Since I'm not paralyzed anymore, I still have a reaction now, though, right? You have a reaction now, yeah. Okay, cool. It goes to initiative 17, which is Julius, which is nowhere in your sight at the moment. But you do hear the sounds of a foop. It sounds like a cork is being popped and chugged. The guy drinking my ale. He's healing. Armos. Oh, is that me? That's you, sir. All right. I am looking at Menace flailing at this snake. <laughs> doing nothing. As I look down and I see the goop and everyone uh, having quite a time <laughs> dealing in this uh, pool of grossness, I'm going to use a mana potion. Oh. Since I'm at a spell slot, so I'm going to chug that as a and get a spell slot back just in case something else pops off and try to Eldritch Blast this thing down. Yeah, go ahead. Roll to hit. So that's a 24 to hit and a 9 to hit. The 24 is going to hit. That would be 11 points of damage and he gets knocked back. You see this giant skeletal snake staring down at Minus, realizing Drell has just broken free and boom, gets launched 10 feet as he bangs up against the wall. What else are you doing on your turn? 
just judging by the size, I'm gonna take a step back and try to get within like 60 feet of him. <laughs> Probably like 50 feet, so I'm gonna take a step back and go a far enough distance that I can still Eldritch Blast and cast stuff at him, but I'm good. Absolutely, so you you take a step back, you kind of hide behind one of the tables um, yeah. that one of the, that some of the cultists are drinking at before you came in. Remember, this place does look like a underground hidden away tavern. So there are tables and chairs and, and uh, giant kegs everywhere. So we're gonna go ahead to the next initiative, which is going to be the skeletal nope rope. Now the skeletal nope rope is not having fun being blasted uh, 10 feet back by Armos and sees that Jarell is now loose and Minus missing every attack possible. He's going to look at Minus. Oh, thank God. And he's going to make an attack against him. <laughs> I mean, uh, good luck, Minus. I'll protect you, Drell. <laughs> he hits you with a dirty 20 as you take 13 piercing damage and 15 poison damage from his skeletal bite. Ah, <laughs> not looking good, Drell. Okay, I need your help now. <laughs> he is going to use a movement action to move kind of on top of you, Minus, but in between you and the two iron doors at the north side of the room. So because he had to go past me, do I get an opportunity attack on him? Absolutely. Uh, that's that's an 18 to hit. 18's hit, bud. Gotta pull up my notepad real quick. Can't tell you why, though. It's a secret. It's a so what the fuck is all these secrets from the DM? I'm on your side. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. So I pull out this shadow dagger. <laughs> yeah. So I just go to the dead bug cemetery and I get this giant <laughs> undead dagger. <laughs> uh, that's 12 points of damage. Ooh. Bone snake. As this bone snake makes its way to the door to adjust itself between the wooden doors uh, and minutes. Where the fuck do you think you're going? You smack it with 12 points of damage with your ice axe. And you see that as you're striking the end of its tail, its long bony spine begins to reverberate, kind of like a xylophone, as you see that the structure, the snake structure, is having a hard time holding itself together. It looks pretty messed up. That's what we like to hear. We're going to move to initiative nine. Ha! Minus, who isn't looking the greatest. I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to attack this dang thing. <laughs> Um, switching to my actual dice, first of all. <laughs> my goodness. I got, I, what is happening? I got a four and a two. Uh, th those are going to miss, bud. I, I need a bonus action to hit this thing. I need to just hit it with something. <laughs> oh my God. Does a 13 hit? A 13 misses. I haven't rolled anything above a seven. <laughs> you like to flex your attack with his tail. This isn't working out, so Minus is going to take that opportunity attack and just dash away. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> out of this stuff, trying his best to get away from the skeleton. So the skeleton does not use his reaction to attack you. Oh, interesting. Oh, I thought, I thought I was dead. I thought I was dead. <laughs> He's breathing real hard. <laughs> all right. All right, bird thing. You you go. Because I forgot to make it go last <laughs> the time. The bird thing. Oh, my <laughs> God. The hawk is there. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. The bird it, it gets an eight. Uh, no, that's going to miss. And by the way, for the people uh, joining us on our adventure today, uh, Minus has a summoned hawk companion. That I also forgot about. So Minus is sweating. He's never done this bad in his life. The poison <laughs> is doing something to him. And even as Hawk knows and is like <laughs> embarrassed being his like summoned beast. <laughs> 
What else? That's it. That's it. <laughs> We're going to move to initiative eight, which is Drell. So I'm still standing in the goop, right? Mm-hmm. Is the snake in the goop as well? He is in the goop, yeah. Okay. This snake is like very massive. He's kind of like scrunched together in place. Like he's a big, big thing. Okay. So what I'm going to do, first, first things first, I'm going to use my bonus action uh, to pop a superior <laughs> a potion of healing. Okay. So it's 8d4 plus 8. And then I'll kind of look at him and be like, looks like it's just us. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're trying to say to me. Minus, can you talk to this thing? Yeah, do you know my other snake, buddy? <laughs> you're looking at him. No. <laughs> no! <laughs> and I'm just going to run up to him and hit him again with the, the fucking axe. First one's a 14 to hit. I assume that misses. That is going to miss. Uh, Second one's a 24, though. That's going to hit as he feels a little defeated on that one. Brad. What the actual fuck? Okay, uh, that's fine. 11 damage. Drell uh, looks over. He sees Menace pretty much dead. <laughs> he winks at him, says, great exercise, bud. <laughs> uh, pops the the healing potion, and it has that, you know, Pokemon showdown where, you know, he's going up against the giant fucking Ekans, and he just runs up and fucking hit him with the axe, missed the first time, and slashed him and actually make a little contact with the second one. Drell. Finish him. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> nice. I look at him. I say, hey, almost how much uh, temp hit points you think this is? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking just slice the fucking <laughs> complete head. Like I sever the head from the rest of like the vertebrae. You decapitate the giant snake and it's huge skull falls to the floor slowly like you slash so fast that it takes a second for the skull to actually fall off its body as it lands onto the floor cracking the stone around it and it just looks up at you and it chatters goes as it's the light the red light from its eyes fade what are you doing on your turn i'm gonna use my movement the rest of my movement to get out of the fucking goo okay which way are you moving don't go through the firewall oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> Uh, Trail, don't go that way. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to use the rest of my movement to go through the door um, that we saw uh, Julius go through. You go through the door where Julius came out of, which is where the blight ends. And the door is unlocked. You open the door and there's like a, a long hallway with like a wardrobe in the middle of it. And the doors are open in the wardrobe and it has a bunch of robes in it. Like, uh, like cloaks. And you see further in down this, this little hallway... That looks like an office. We're going to go ahead and end your turn there. Well, good, because that's the end of my turn. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go to Julius's turn. You hear down the hallway from where the bone snake fell, beyond the double doors, a voice yell out, Pathetic. Bestowed with great responsibility and power just to squabble it on selfish beliefs. The pylon's power could have been yours to use, but instead you take it all for yourself and waste it. We don't even sense it within you. And then you hear the clanging of wood and iron. It's loading the shotgun, guys. <laughs> the boomstick. <laughs> That's going to be his turn. He is loading the boomstick. Do I hear that from the hallway I'm in? You don't hear it. Menace and you could kind of hear it. Menace and Armos can hear it as he's yelling past the um 
beyond the iron doors. The iron, the wood and iron doors at the north side of the room where the bone snake was look like dungeon cellar doors. It has like the two windows in it that are just iron bars. So you can like stick your hand through it if you wanted to. It looks like it leads into a dungeon. And as you hear this, you hear some footsteps as well. We're going to move to initiative 15, almost. Me looking down that hall, since I have uh, immaculate vision, can I see him at all? So the door is closed, but you can see through the iron windows. With your demon sight, you can see that he's down that hallway, but you don't have like the perfect sight of him as your vision is obscured by the door. Did my firewall burn the door at all and weaken it? You see that the door is charred. Oh, okay. As it was on fire, but you know that the firewall did not go make it through the doors. I want to run over to Menace and give him a health potion. Is that my movement and my action, or is that... Giving him a potion would be a bonus action, and you still have to move to him using your movement. Okay, so I'll run, run over to him. I see him just kind of... Uh, at this point, just barely keeping it over. I see him kind of huffing and puffing with his hand on his knees. Are you okay, bud? <laughs> I just need, uh, need a second. Just give me a second. Me. <laughs> a Sid is blinking like in a retro Game Boy game. He's like, beady, beady, beady. <laughs> I give him a uh, superior potion. Ooh. Superior potion. Good guy, Ormos. Look at you. 8d4 plus 8. Look at you. Maybe you got a little halo around those horns. Right? Right? Hey, we're not going to make it a habit of it. No, no, no. We got to. No, we got to. After doing that, um, I will then cast True Strike. Yeah, okay. that's right. Oh. That's right. Anyway. All right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. If you on the uh, the Discord don't, don't know. F the haters. <laughs> yeah. I want to cast True Strike in preparation. Is there anything I can get behind to use as like cover? Uh, where you're standing now, no. You kind of you're kind of like in the open area. All right. Well, I hold up Menace. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, I'm I'm all good. Yeah, that's your turn. We're gonna move to Initiative Nine, Menace. I'm feeling pretty good now, guys. <laughs> Woo! Twenty-four points of health, good. <laughs> Woo! All right, it's time to get back in the battle. <laughs> I chug another health potion <laughs> of my own accord <laughs> and take that health back and then take a dash action through this blight <laughs> into the other room and just run. <laughs> you take a dash action as the doors go. Boom. The atmosphere changes drastically. The room is filled with these cells. In these cells are piles of bones and skeletons. In the back of the dungeon is a large cell where you can imagine where the bone naga was being kept before he entered the fight. In front of you, about 15 feet away from you, is Julius Kendrick. And he is holding up a lantern, lighting it. The lantern is gothic looking, similar to the one that you three have. All right, Julius, you thought you could run, but I've got you now. Bird, get him. And the bird comes by and attacks him with a six to hit. That is going to miss as he just ducks out of the way. The hawk just goes right over. All right, that's all I got. Uh, guys, get in here. 
Wait, what did he say? <laughs> Drell, that way, and I point as uh, I see Drell coming out the out the door. So Drell hears Menace's plead for help, and he slowly works his way around the murky purple stuff on the ground, uh, the blight, and I just move as far as I can in that direction. You would have to dash over the blight if you don't want to be affected by it. Oh, well, looks like we're dashing. Yeah, you're about 40 feet away from the door from where the blight is. Yeah, okay, so I'm just going to dash action through. Be like, don't worry, Menace, I'm on the way. And uh, as I go through the blight, I am going to kick the remains of the skeleton. Be like, I beat you. You burst through the dungeon doors and you see what Menace sees. Julius Kendrick trying to light a lantern similar to the one that you have. What's up, fucko? <laughs> as he looks at you as you burst through the door and say, what's up, fucko? And he goes, feeble, weak-minded fools. If I was weak-minded, do you think I would do this? And I take my pinky and I put it in my pants through my fly and I wiggle it at him. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, damn, that's what your mom said. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move to initiative 17. As Kendrick lights the gothic lantern, a green flame is sparked and resonates as a faint shockwave is emitted throughout the room. The bright lit torches hung on the walls are blown out and reignited in green flames. The wood around you turns cracked and worn, just as the stone. Your view becomes skewed. As you look around, you see as if someone just put a filter over your eyes as color no longer pops and looks dull, softened. The basement's furniture suddenly looks old, broken, aged about a hundred years. The three of you need to make me a constitution saving throw as you feel very sick. A uh, dirty 20. Also a dirty 20. Wow. Yeah, but I rolled it first. Damn it. <laughs> 11. You sure it wasn't charisma? <laughs> the three of you grasp at your stomach as the sudden feeling of vertigo and acid reflex hits you at the same time. Menace and Drell, you manage to recover and stand your ground as Armos... You and Reginald puke a little bit onto the floor, Ugh. and you are going to lose your next turn. What? <coughs> as you are dazed, as you are overcome with this sickness, as a sudden shift in the environment just took place. The blight is gone. The flame wall is gone. Oh, God. Reginald's like, oh, I hate this. And he's throwing up all over your cloak. I just pick him up and put him put him to the side as we're both uh you pick him up and he throws up again in your face and it's orange and it's gross and chunky and it makes me throw up <laughs> oh, i hate this visual <laughs> sid don't look oh <laughs> sid throws up little pebbles <laughs> sid we passed come on hold it in here armos i uh, got something to settle your stomach and i give him one of the blueberry brews <laughs> <laughs> The holder of the tome can't seem to walk within the shadows. He's going to go ahead and make a movement action and go back 30 feet. Okay. Of course, this guy's going to run from us. We're going to go to initiative 15, which is almost who is busy recovering from throwing up. Ah. You are going to lose this turn and recover from your motion sickness, question mark? Menace, what are you doing? 
Oh boy, I guess for one more, I was gonna do something else, but since he moved away from me, <laughs> you coward, <laughs> I'm gonna charge at him with a dash action. I'm getting right up next to him. I, I <laughs> maybe I just yell charge. <laughs> Charge! <laughs> I run at him with my javelin. And I'm gonna Ooh. hit him with uh, two attacks. I'm like, I just accidentally threw one of my dice in my garbage. <laughs> That's what you get for rolling all those ones early. I'll get it later. <laughs> take two. Uh, no, I'm gonna take one normal bonus attack with my charger feet. Yeah, that's gonna be a 20. As he takes. 12 points of damage, piercing damage from my javelin, and five additional damage from my charger feet. Okay. And then I'm gonna be like, Bird, you did well, although not very well. I think you only hit once on anything in this whole battle. Ha! All right, good job. And I'm gonna use one of my uses of uh, Hunter's Mark to uh, mark Julius Kendrick, hit him for an extra two points of Hunter's Mark damage, and then Sid does an extra three points of damage. Ooh, an additional five points of damage on him. As you take a gander with your hunter's mark, he goes, feast your eyes, little one, or it be the last meal you will ever have. Meal? Who? Wait, are we eating? <laughs> I'm confused, Julius. <laughs> and that's the end of my turn. Uh, we're going to go to initiative eight, Drell. I guess I'm just going to yell, wait for me. And dash, I'm going to take another dash action to catch all the way up to Minis and uh, Julius. Sure. I'm just going to be like, yeah, uh, next turn I'm about to fuck you up. No. <laughs> uh, if you don't stop fighting us right now, Drell's going to beat you up. Yeah, I dare you to hit me. Hit me. And I and I point to my chest because I don't have armor on and I just, I just, <laughs> I'm just shredded as fuck and I'm just like right here. But not too hard. <laughs> not too <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is interesting. You're right up in his face, and he may or may not be cornered. We're going to go ahead and move to initiative 17, which is Julius. Ooh. You see that he reaches for his mace at his side that is glowing red. He's going to make two attacks, one on each of you. And he goes, feel the wrath for those that follow the red dawn or not to be toiled with lightly. He's gonna go ahead and make an attack on Jarrell. It's gonna be 17. Uh, that misses. So before he hits Menace, um, I'm gonna use my repost and try to attack him back. Mm. And that's a 22 to hit. That's gonna do it. Ooh. 24 damage. Oh, ouch. You slash it with 24 points of damage right across his body. You rip through his robes and his leather armor that he's wearing. And you see that as his hood falls from that vicious attack, that he is completely tattooed from head to toe. Oh, sick tats, dude. Oh, thank you. That's just, they are pretty red. Um, as you see, um, his tattoos, they're not tribal markings. They're actually words in other languages. Do I recognize any of the languages? You do not. He's going to make another attack on Minus. That's going to be a dirty 21. Yeah, a dirty 21? A dirty 21. <laughs> not a natural 21? Not a natural 21. A dirty 21. <laughs> He's going to do 13 points of bludgeoning damage and 12 points of necrotic damage. And as this mace makes contact with you, it glows brighter and you are gonna make me a wisdom saving throw of a DC 15. That'd be a 12. 
as this mace hits you, your vision fades, and as it comes to, you are now frightened. Wait, was I making a save to be frightened, or was yes, it? Yes, you were making a save to be frightened. Because I have advantage on those. Oh, go ahead and roll for advantage then. All right, hopefully this one works. DC 15. That'll be a 17. Ooh, you resist the frightening ability. And take a total of 24 points of damage. I may be little, but I'm brave. <laughs> so Julius is now uh, at the end of his turn. He's going to make a movement back 30 feet and duck around one of the corners. He's going to run back. Oh, you would. Do we get opportunity attacks in? You can if you'd like. Drell cannot as you already use his reaction. Right. Yeah, I'll use my reaction. Why not? Yeah, go for it. Oh, baby. That's a 23. <laughs> Boom. 11. And because he's marked, he gets another four points of damage. So 15 damage as he runs away. Interesting. Go ahead and roll me roll me a d20. Pure luck check. As he okay. turns and runs away from you as you hit him with an attack of opportunity. 17. As he turns the corner, his mace drops onto the floor as you snag him in the hand. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and move to initiative 15, which is Armos. I had him in my sights after doing all that throwing up. <laughs> and then as I'm about to charge up my ability, he ducks around the corner. It ruins all my plans. <laughs> Armos, why is it hurt on both ends? <laughs> I pick up Reginald and make a dash action uh, towards him. You dash through the doors as you hold Reginald, and Reginald's just being held lipplessly as he's trying to recover. Uh, this is probably the first time he's ever thrown up in his entire existence. Don't worry, buddy. I'll hold your ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cast a true strike again, and then that's, that'll be the end of my turn. All right, you go ahead and get ready for your... Oh, that's right, you cast a true strike. <laughs> I was so uh, ready. <laughs> you go ahead and prepare for your next turn, and we're going to go to initiative nine minutes. Just around the corner, potentially, is Julius all alone. As you see, as you drop his mace at the corner. What are you doing? Minus, go check around the corner for me. See what's over there. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, I go right to the corner and pick up his mace. That would be an action. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to make me a religious check as you go to reach for this mace. Okay. Of a DC 12. Like, re-roll nat ones. I got a lot of those, but I still got a six. <laughs> as you go to pick up this mace that's glowing bright red on the floor, you go to pick it up. You feel that the mace is rejecting you as it begins to burn your hand. You take four points of necrotic damage. However, the necrotic damage feels unholy. Mm, okay. As it burns your hand, and Minus um, and Sid even feels the pain as you go to grasp its handle, and you drop it on the floor. I can't just hold on to it and like keep taking damage if I want. It's the reason why you drop it is because it's rejecting you. I'll tell you what though, if you want to make me a Constitution check to see if you want to keep taking the damage, yeah, I wanna, I'll let you do like that. try and keep holding it. You know. Okay. Even yeah. though it's damaging me. Yeah, that sounds cool. All right, make me a Constitution saving throw of a DC twelve. That was a nat twenty. You're holding on to it tight oh, as man. it's burning your hand, and you see the glow. <laughs> the bright red begins to like, uh, glows, radiates. <laughs> Thank you. That, I don't know why <laughs> the word I've been saying this entire episode. The bright red radiates darker. Uh, deeper red into a lighter red as you're holding it. It's reacting to you. You feel like it doesn't want to be held by you as you take this unholy damage. Then I'm just going to use my bonus action to make this even 
cooler, I guess. I use my bonus action to Writhing Tide to make me fly in the air. So as you see Minus pick up this mace, you see him like struggling, like, ah, 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 and all the SIDs start buzzing around him with necrotic energy. And we're all, now I'm floating in the air, like yelling, ah, as all the SIDs are like, just imagine him like spinning in place. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> We're gonna move to a nation of eight, which is Drell. I'm gonna be like, Minus, I'm coming. Don't worry, buddy. And I'm gonna run around the corner to where Minus and Julius are. And then what do so I just kind of see what's happening once I turn the corner. Yeah, you see that Julius is standing there holding a wound as he's murmuring some words to himself. You're you're fucking crazy too. You're talking to yourself, and before he can even say anything back to me, I just try to fucking uppercut him with my axe. Oh yeah, roll a hit. Oh, attacking recklessly, by the way. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, first one is a twenty-three to hit. That's gonna hit. Okay, sick, sick, not sick on the damage rolls though. Uh, okay, well that's ten damage. Uh, so then I'm gonna use my second attack. This is a dirty twenty hit. It does. Okay, all uh, right. Innocent Armos, I have to apologize to you because I've been forgetting to add my plus two rage damage. <laughs> uh, that's So that's 14 damage total on the second attack. And then since it hits, I'm also going to burn a superiority die uh, to trip him and knock him prone. And that's a DC 15 a strength saving throw. Ooh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Minus continues to yell. <laughs> he got a six as he gets knocked prone. Does he get knocked back? On a failure, you will knock the target prone. So not back, just okay. prone. Yeah, so Julius gets knocked prone. And that's also another five damage. Julius gets tripped up. We're going to go to initiative 17, which is Julius's turn. As the tattoos on his body begin to light up. As he's speaking words of a spell, you can see that as his tattoos light up, that he's using his tattoos in place of his spell book. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> he spits out blood. He's like, <coughs> coughs. I may not be able to defeat you this time, but surely the shadow will. Excuse me, what? He waves his hand in front of you, and in the space occupying both of you, he casts Dimension Door, and he crawls through it. Closes. He is nowhere to be found. When you're, since you're like right up to it, this dimension door, not that you've ever seen a dimension door before other than the, him using it, the door opened up and the back of it, because the back of the dimension door is facing you, looked like oozing blood. It was very vibrant, visceral, and smelled horrible. As he walked through the dimension door, it closes and it fades. It just forms in on itself and gone. I yell bitch. I call him a bitch as he does though. <laughs> I definitely do that. That's canon. <laughs> Where's the counter spell when you need it? <laughs> it's back here. Catching up, guys. And I turn back in menace and I say, some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> Fuck this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! If anyone knows we, if anyone knows what that's from, I will give you a fucking dollar. <laughs> PayPal. The three of you take a beat. As you're still battle ready, Minus is still floating, going, ah, holding this mace that's burning his hand. It smells delicious. Uh, flank steak. Uh, it's burning his hand as he's floating through. And you're trying to wait to see if you can catch a beat. You don't hear anything. The silence is eerie feeling. 
as mentioned before, when you guys uh, felt sick at the sudden environment shift, you feel like your vision is not blurry, but you definitely cannot see as well as you did before. Everything looks dull. It's like you got this... I mean, Drell, you're, you might be wearing sunglasses right now, but it feels yep. like you're wearing a sunglasses in a dark room. Well, I am wearing sunglasses in a dark room. It's hard to focus on anything specific around you or see its outline. And you don't think it's because of the low light in the room. But the color changes are also drastic as like the walls were white cobblestone. They are now darkish gray. Everything that had like a darkish tint to it just seems that much more uh, deep in color. And the torches that are lit within the dungeon uh, on the dungeon walls are not orange and red and yellow like they normally would be. They're low lit and green. They don't give off much light at all. Are we out of combat right now? The three of you are out of combat. Uh, finally, I exhale. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's flexing that entire <laughs> fight, Menace. It's a great core workout. It's like a standing plank. I slowly come back down with my writhing tide. Uh, 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 and I look at this mace <laughs> that I'm holding. It is still burning. Go ahead and now, now that you're out of combat, you're trying to focus on it. Give me a first, you're going to give me another constitution saving throw to see if you can hold on to it. Oh my goodness. That's another nat 20. You're able to hold on to it. Wow. Um, as you take, I wish you could just find my dice. Where are my dice at? Oh. Let me just take another four. You, you are, that's exactly what I rolled. You're going to take an additional four <laughs> oh points goodness. of this necrotic damage that feels unholy. Now you're going to make me another religious check as you've, as you've been holding on to it for some time. <sighs> can I, like, take some time to concentrate so I can get advantage? <laughs> no. If you would like, you could take 20 on it. Um, but you'll be spending a significant amount of time in this room. No, that's fine. What is happening? I roll the most terrible rolls all session, and then I roll three nat 20s in a row. Oh, my that is God. fucking insane. <laughs> I hate my dice. <laughs> Menace, as you are writhing in pain, holding on to this unholy mace, you see the shift in color begin to change in your favor as the reddish hue begins to fade away, and your auburn light, the same light as your feather, your holy relic begins to emit from this mace. You are now attuned to this item. What was attuned to Julius is now attuned to you. Get wrecked, Julius. <laughs> it's my mace now. It is a one-handed mace called the Mace of Disruption. It has the properties of a normal one-handed mace. By everything, but if you hit an undead creature or a fiend, you get to do 2d6 radiant damage to it. Uh, if the target has 25 hit points or fewer, after taking this damage, it must succeed a uh, DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be or be destroyed if it's undead or a fiend, if it has less than 25 health. What? On success, it becomes frightened. While you hold it, the light that it emits while wielding it gives you an additional 20-foot radius. Whoa. So you have now a 40-foot radius because of your holy relic. Yeah. Wow. Proficiency with this item allows you to add your proficiency bonuses to all of its attack rolls. was not expecting this. <laughs> you now have a one-handed holy mace. Cool. <laughs> uh, if you want to go ahead and add mace of disruption to your inventory. And then uh, just for my, my own flavor's sake, as we're, you know, 
attuning to this, Sid and I are yelling. <laughs> My writhing tide is just like, ah, 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 ah. and the light like blasts out into the the hallway. Right? He's, he's pulling a Gohan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually more like Fiona from Shrek when she, uh, you know. <laughs> So, the three of you are out of combat. Minish, you land, now holding this mace of disruption that you magically and rightfully and holyly took from Julius. Holyly. Holyly took from Julius. That's right, Julius. If you're listening, get wrecked. <laughs> yeah, it's mine now. Mine now, Julius. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the toy. What are the three of you doing? I finally catch up to see Minish with this uh, mace Drell with a disappointed look on his face and uh, the person I was uh, chasing after, Julius, gone. I just start asking questions and they fill me in that he went through the some magical door. If we look around, is the like now that we're kind of out of combat, if we do a quick browse, is there anything that could hurt us in here? Since it seems kind of dungeon-ish. Yeah, I just want to, I guess, look around and see, like, where the fuck we actually chased him into. The room that you chased him in was a dungeon filled with cells. In those cells, before the lantern went off, was old bodies and bones. There was a bone naga that you were fighting. So, instantly, you know, and almost knows, that he was a necromancer. So, rather than keeping people here as prisoner, he probably just kept the remains of the people he slain here to raise from the dead. So, Armos, you know that after the fight, looking at this room, that spell you counterspelled was him trying to raise the dead. And you counted it, which was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Can I go deeper into this cavern? The dungeon does end as it just circles around a corner. Oh, uh, okay. As it's just a straight room with a, like an intricate design. Uh, you could see that the other end of the room that had this giant cell at the end of it was just perhaps made to hold a large creature there. And the large creature in this uh, in this scenario was that giant bone snake. So we don't see anything of importance in here since it was probably obviously just a dungeon. So if we, so if we start heading out... We chase this guy into his sex dungeon. What a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> What's a sex dungeon? <laughs> I spend the next 20 minutes sit, standing in this dungeon explaining to Menace what a sex dungeon is. Oh! Oh! Oh, God! <laughs> 20 minutes later. All right. <laughs> and that that's what a sex dungeon is, Menace. <laughs> so the three of you return back to the main room where you came in. This room looks very different. Um compared to when you first came in here. Mm. When that lantern went off, everything looks like it aged like 100, 200 years. The wood looks withered. It looks old, destroyed, cracked throughout. Very, like the furniture look like it's been through it. The beer mugs that the cultist members were drinking are gone. Cobwebs are everywhere. The torches are emitting low light. It's kind of hard to see in here, except for Armos. But Armos, you still kind of like just see you can see as far as you can, but like it's still hard for you to make out shapes as well. Can we go check that room that Drell ran into? Before we go into the room, can I just do a quick check or something? To Can I try and see if there's any 
evidence that Julius went a certain way, that he came out of his dimension door or anything. You can give me an arcana check to see if you sense anything. I, I walk over to Armos. I'm like, Armos, can you, can you try and help me find uh, that Kendrick guy? Can we see if we he went somewhere? And can I kind of like give him a help action? All right, Menace, give me give me your hand. Oh, uh, okay. Think, think real hard. Uh huh. He closes his eyes and he he's like really straining his face. Uh, give me a Arcana check with advantage as you're trying to sense any magical. Shit, get in here. <laughs> uh, Twenty-two. You feel a presence around you now. When you did this before to try to see if there's any magical presence or magic in the area when you were actively looking. You don't sense that there's anything magical around you. However, things just feel off. They feel very different. Things are coming to you like they normally would in a sense of arcana. You feel like there's ghosts nearby, like a haunting, like a suspicious haunting feeling when you go to see if there's like magic around. Menace is still straining his face. Dude, did you get anything, Armos? <laughs> Just very uneasy feeling here. Let me figure out how to get out of here. I feel like we're not in the same place anymore. <laughs> I think the cobwebs gave it away, but... We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Who's Toto? <laughs> you are. And I just pat him on the head. <laughs> well, uh, how about we go check this office over here? So you walk through the door Julius came from. All I know is I'm not first... And I'm not last. I'm going right in second. The three of you walk in, and this is a very low-lit room. There is a torch with a green flame in the other end. Oh! Organized. This room looks different to you, Drell, because the room that you were in didn't seem like it was very lived in or even used. But in this room, it looks organized yet messy with loose papers scattered across a bed and his desk. Next to his desk is a chest. Above the chest is a red dawn banner that hangs above it. Hmm. This place literally looks like it aged hundreds of years. Yeah, very odd. But look at this. I go and inspect the green lantern. So, so the green torch that's on the wall is just there to illuminate the room. The room is not very big. It's about like 15 by 20, like 20 by 20. It looks like a bedroom office space. It looks more lived in than the room that you were in before, Drell. You see a chest, and you see a bunch of papers on his desk. On his desk, something sticks out to you too. On the desk is a large piece of parchment that is scrolled up and closed on the desk. Around it, keeping it closed up, is a green bandana that looks suspiciously similar to the green bandanas that you have when you use stealth rolls from the Shadow Smugglers. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Guys, look at this. And I, I take the, the bandana off. I uh, toss it over to Drell. And I start uh, sorting through the, the scroll. I, I tie it around my head so I have two bandanas on now. You open the... <laughs> the three of you open the scroll. And as you open it, you see on the opposite end of it is some writing. The writing is in Gnomish. Do any of you speak Gnomish? step aside and I walk up and I look at him and be like nope I can't read this and I walk away I speak gnomish do you okay so as you as you unroll it you notice this gnomish handwriting on the back of it but on the front of it is not a scroll filled with words but rather a picture 
It looks like an oil painting that somebody took and rolled up. There's not a lot of detail in it. There are mountains in the background, and there is a town surrounded by water like an island. And over the island is a massive, multi-headed beast, colored white, that looks like a hydra. Guys. <laughs> what does it mean? Menace, you go to read the writing on the back, and it says... The beast of the isles keep its next meal constraint until it's time for its next harvest. <laughs> I'm one step closer, father. <laughs> Drell looks at Armos and shrugs. <laughs> yeah. I look back at Drell and I'm just confused. Do you know what this means? And I show them the gnomish handwriting. <laughs> no. No. I just told you I can't read it. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so basically, this is uh, this is what I'm hunting, guys. <laughs> I show them the photo. That's cool. Is that like a little snake thing? Uh, what? Look at it. It's huge. But, I mean, the one we just fought, right? No, it's bigger and grander, and it's got all these heads, uh, and it could swallow an entire town. That's what my dad said. It swallowed towns before. Oh. Yeah, you go to look at your note. You show them the note that your father wrote. Yeah, DM, could you read that note for oh, yeah. so you look at one the, of the audience? Because we've never read this out loud before. So, Menace, you have a note from your father that he gave you. Uh, and your main quest was to kill the Crystal Hydra beyond the Kambuki Isles. Uh, and don't come home unless you do. So his note reads, Menace, you are tasked with the highest of honors to earn your place in the tribe. To do so, you must uh, leave it. And return, yes, return with proof. Proof of... Uh, inaudible scratching here. Evidence! Yes, evidence that you, you're slain a hydra, a crystal hydra, beyond the Kambuki Isles. Make sure you find the right one. This one has three heads, two horns. Its leftmost head has a dimple, three foot one... <laughs> three and a one-fourth inches in diameter, two necks of noble length, one short neck. The crystal hydra is made of crystal. Yes, crystal. It also has four tails. No, wait, three tails. One per head, totaling four. Slay the beast and bring back the scales of its hide and you shall be worthy of chieftain. Don't return a moment sooner or you'll be a failure and make mama sad. You don't want to make mama sad now, do you, Minus? Um, Titus. This giant hydra has a dimple. We're supposed to see a dimple that's three inches long. On a crystal? Yeah, on a crystal. Listen. That doesn't make any sense, Minus. I don't claim to know biology of crystal mythical dragons. <laughs> Why not? Well, because I've only been in my one village my whole life, Drell. <laughs> Read a book. Crystal Hydra is the most common animal in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it is? <laughs> so there's a chest in the room as well. <laughs> you Minus, you open that for us, huh? <laughs> Yeah, okay. And as he reaches towards the chest... It's a mimic, no. Yeah, there's a two minute in his face as he <laughs> thinks back to the mimic. Mimic. So, in the chest, is a, uh, you see, you find a bag that shakes like it has a bunch of coins in it. There's also a cloak that fluffs when you open the chest. There are scraps of food and a crate of health potions. <laughs> Can someone roll me 2d10 and 1d10 for me, please? Roll me 2d10, and then 1d10, and then 1d4. I'll roll the d4. Which one you got, Joe? Uh, well, it's just 3d10 after that, so you oh. can roll it. I got a 4. Just don't fudge it up. All right, 2d10, and then 1d10. 
So I got a four and a three. Oh God, why did we let this guy roll it? <laughs> and then on the 1d10, I got a nine. In this crate of potions are four mana potions, <gasps> seven greater health potions, and nine superior health potions. Oh, wow. Did it. All right, Armos, you can take two of these. <laughs> Once you take up the crate of potions, you see the cloak that it was like kind of sitting on moves again. Oh man, you know, since I, I lost my armor and I'm pretty cold, I'm just gonna grab this cloak real quick. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and Joel no, just like do awkwardly it. grabs the cloak. Uh, as you grab the cloak, it begins to fight with you. And you start moving to the left and moving to the right as it begins to fly and try to escape your grasp as you're trying to hold on to it. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't hey. feel the gust of wind come in. Someone shut the door. You're on the bed. Now you're on the floor. Now you're down the hall, and it drags you into the main room. Give me a strength check as you try to wrestle. A saving throw or a check? Uh, saving throw. <laughs> wait, wait. This, You know what happens as we're, like, comparing the potions side by side? We're, like, hunched <laughs> over the chest. In the background, you see Trell, like, ba-bang, ba-bang. Oh, wait. You can take two of these. Ba-bang. And I'll have this one. Ba-bang, bang. Guys. <laughs> Help. You get you get dragged into the main room and you finally pull this cloak down and it stops resisting. It is an empty cloak. Can I put it on? Absolutely. Sick. You put on this cloak. I, I hesitantly put it on though because it just fucking tossed me all over the place. You put on this cloak and it begins to flutter and fluff about and it stretches out. And then it settles, but as it settles, it begins to wave a little bit. And then it accepts you. And you feel it accepting you. You feel connection with this cloak. As you now have the cloak of billowing. <gasps> as a free action, you can make the cloak billow. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so sick. This is gonna look so good with my sunglasses. <laughs> and my two bandanas. Oh wait, Armos, where'd Drell go? <laughs> Uh, wait, he was just here. I swear, I- Drell! Drell, did you get Dimension Doored? He shows up, like, with a foot on a chair, just cloak <laughs> fluttering in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> so lastly, in that chest, you there was like a sack, what you think is like filled with gold coins. You go to open it, and I need somebody to roll me 5d100. I will roll one of them. Just roll all five. Yeah, just somebody just roll all five. Doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, give me the total. Okay, 24. 59. Mm -hmm. Jared, you write these down. Yes, I got it. 38. 7. <laughs> 90. So you need the what total. Totaled up. 218. 218 plus 100 for a total of 318. There are 318 coins, but when you go to look at it, it doesn't look like gold, doesn't look like platinum, copper, silver, electrum. Instead, it feels like silver, rather etched in on that on like Aramor's currency. It is an etched symbol of a raven. Hey, Armos, Drell, you, you know anything about these coins? I don't. Is, would we have seen this symbol somewhere before? Or is this just... You guys can make me... Actually, no, only Armos may know this. Armos, go ahead and give me a history check. Oh, fuck yeah, 22. You know that the symbol resembles the raven goddess of death. Guys, so the symbol is from the raven goddess? Uh, her name escapes me. I'm looking it up right now. Her name escapes me. Uh, let me hang on. 
Let me think this through. So, Armos, you notice that the raven that's etched on this coin, your best guess is that it's the etching of the raven queen, the goddess of death, fate, and doom. And in some cultures, the goddess of winter. But you know that the goddess of winter is really more of a dual meeting because winter normally brings death. Winter is coming. And I billow my cloak. It's cloak billows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what these coins are for, but... The other letters on the desk where the parchment was looks like all letters written in that thief's cant that you found uh, off the other Red Dawn member. You don't understand it. You're not sure what it's referring to. There's a stack of them. It could be just messages of report or letters may be sent out, but you three cannot understand them as it looks like just gibberish and... All right, guys, let me try to read some of this. And I walk up and I look at it and be like, nope, can't do it. And I walk out. <laughs> can I take some of them so that if we hit a town, we can maybe try to get someone to take a look at them? Sure. Go ahead and add a stack of papers and then put a note saying uh, Julius Kendrick on it and uh, Thieves Can't next to it. So I know what you're referring to. After picking up those items, you're convinced that there's nothing left of importance in this room. I try to see how the cloak looks when I do a Naruto run. <laughs> you look red. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Reginald's like, oh, that's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. I almost didn't want to. I almost didn't want to see because I just knew how fucking cool I looked. Cut to Armos and Minus divvying up potions, but now Drell is run Naruto running behind him. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of you divvy up these potions. What are the three of you doing? I guess we should just get the fuck out of here, right? Yeah, I'm just going to take a, a look down the hallway real quick before we leave. And Minus is going to go down to the other door. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. So you walk back into the main room and you walk towards the other door that uh, where the two cultist members came out during the middle of the fight. You open the door, and sure enough, it looks like a bunch of bunks. It looks like a bedroom with a bunch of beds in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not much of value can be seen, uh, especially now as it looks very old and worn. Uh, there are foot lockers at the end of each bed that are slightly open. Each of them have various garments in it, sweaty towels, old clothes, uh, just hanging about. As you rummage through, it's really just old clothes and supplies. You do see some letters on one of the beds, and it looks like the letters are, you can read them, and they are addressed to a newbie. Uh, like a newbie, or like their name is a newbie? <laughs> it looks like it's addressed to a recruit. So the there are two letters there, and the first one says, The Fell Ogburn is a useful and crucial tool to the cause. Its light not only evades the sight of our enemies, but also allows us to meet the true shadow with haste. But caution, upon its use brings new danger. Snuff its flames so the locals of this land know you are not an outsider. And only in true danger use its blue flame to protect yourself. Monsters of the fell are far more dangerous than those of this land and are much more common. A whole new world lurks within the world of shadow and only its green flame may bring you back. Be swift, as the light burns quick within the Shadowfell. You pick up the second letter. Recruit, traveling in the fell is efficient, but dangerous. Despite its vast lands, you can travel twice as fast in the shadows. A day's journey in the land of light would take less than half the time, but wary of time, as you can only enter and leave the fell in darkness. Signed, yours truly, Julius Kendrick. 
Yours truly, ooh. We don't see anything of note in their foot lockers or around the room? No, just there are like loose daggers. It's all worn stuff. It doesn't look anything of note. This was like a room that people just came and rested in. Can we make checks to see if we know what the fuck the fell is? Yeah, make me a history check. So this history check would <laughs> test your knowledge if you ever heard about it. I'm not going to roll because I think Dan rolled a nat 20. By the way, he's not. Get the fuck out of here, bro. What is happening? I start the session with two, one, one, two, five, six, three, four, seven. And then it's like nat 20, nat 20, nat 20, nat 20. Get the fuck out of here, dude. This is unreal. You know what the shadow fell is. The shadow fell oh. is, this, to your knowledge, from what you've heard as stories, is a place where ghosts live. It is a mirrored image of the material plane. They say souls that have died but not have fulfilled their purpose may wander here until they realize what their purpose is. This land also has its own set of monsters and creatures that lurk about that may not be dead but just live here naturally you also know that the place is always dark there is no daytime so <laughs> i think we're here i think this is us guys i think we're in the shadowfell what right now it, i mean i look around with all the cobwebs and dilapidated things yeah i mean this room does look a lot older it would kind of make sense yeah what no way wait wait let's go back upstairs yeah. And then it starts walking up the stairs. Yeah, you guys lead the way. Real quick, before we do, we have torches at this point, right? Is where we're getting light from, I'm assuming. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm just glowing, apparently. <laughs> Menace is glowing. <laughs> Menace, can you turn that shit off? We're going to stick out like sore thumbs. Oh, yeah, I put my mace away, but my feather on my head is still glowing. <laughs> Thank you. God. Is, is our fires green as well? Yeah, when you light a torch, it does turn green. It sparks green, yeah. Oh, my. For the record, when we were in that master bedroom, we didn't see any extra canisters of, like, oil or anything, right? You did not. Fuck. You could assume that Julius had it. One would assume that. Uh, As the three of you head for the staircase that you came in from, heading back upstairs to the Chapel of the Gatherer, you approach the staircase, and Reginald begins to shake and sneeze on your shoulder almost. He's like, uh, was, it's so cold. I don't like this place. The three of you head towards the stairs and leave the cellar. The cobblestone stairs are dirty, covered in moss, and the stone is cracked. You travel up and you don't find yourself in a secret room in the church, but rather in a small shack the size of a shed. You open the loose wooden door and the moonlight hits your eyes as you are met with a cold breeze. The sky is painted black with heavy gray clouds. The moon is larger and closer than you've ever seen it before, but glows dimly, barely illuminating your surroundings. The lush green farmland that you were used to is now empty and barren. The trees look twisted and distorted. The green grass is withered and sparse. Large rocks are protruding out of the ground like tombstones wrapped in vines. No signs of life can be seen where you stand. No birds, the cold wind goes quiet, and the bleak moon somehow is blinding to you. The silence is deafening. The haunting sound of silence like you've never felt before is unsettling. Gentlemen, welcome to Shadowfell 
And that is where we're going to end arc three. Oh, God. Ooh. Drell turns to Minus and he says, we're definitely not in Kansas anymore, Toto. What is Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drell's almost completing his blade look. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the quote I said earlier was definitely from Blade. So if yeah. you guys didn't catch that. Nice. Oh, I love Blade. I did not know who the cloak was going to go to, but we'll talk about it in the after show. So <laughs> glad I went really, to Drell. It's really oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, you guys have made it to Shadowfell. That's what the lantern was. Oh, man. Good thing we're leveling up as we go into arc three, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> new arc, new level. Am I right? Eh? Five levels. Eh? <laughs> what level are you Stop. guys now? <laughs> we're only level eight, man. I know. Well, I will tell you this. On your next long rest, you will be level nine. Congratulations, boys. You are now level nine. We need to rest, though. <laughs> Shit. Yes, it all happens in a long rest, but, you know, arc four will be coming with Shadowfell. Oh, my God. I'm going to be so strong. Let's do it, dude. For those who are listening from day to day, that will be our return in the year 2023, which is only like two weeks, like two, two or three weeks away from when this episode is posted, but... That's when Arc 4 will happen in the beginning of the new year. You know? Look at that. Look at, Look at us. us. Who would have thought? Let's go, dude. I did not know we were going to be making it to Shadowfell tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were... We can get into it in the after show because I can now share some of my Arc 3 notes. There were multiple endings to this. So it entirely depended on how you were going to deal with uh, Julius... So I like gave a couple of loose strands out there for you to take. Like Minus taking the mace was a bait and switch. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So there were different endings. There was ways that you weren't going to end up in Shadowfell. But I thought it was a pretty cool mechanic. Shout out to Julius for barely getting away. I'm going to get you <laughs> next time, boy. Yeah. These last the two way, episodes, Julius Kendrick, bro. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, it's one of our Patreons. And he we, is. He wanted to be a villain. Uh, Appreciate I the support. It's awesome. I'll awesome. find you one day. And he didn't kill you. And I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a drill guarantee. I was going to say, I was ready. Yeah. You're lucky there's enough space between us. <laughs> More stuff we'll talk about in the after show for sure. But oh, my goodness, yeah. what a way to end the arc. Uh, that is... Danger alert. Danger alert. I wanted to hide the ending of this arc because I didn't want to be like, all right, we're coming to the end now. But I thought it was a pretty cool way to, to end out arc three. Yeah, I like it. Nice little cliffhanger. Well, I got stuff to say about it in the after all show. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but but right. before we get to the after show, you know, we got shout out. Uh, not shout outs. Um, uh, Jarrell, what do you what do you want to recommend to everybody besides checking out our merch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter? Uh, if Twitter's still alive. By the time this airs, I don't know. The Musk Man is doing a lot of weird stuff right now, and yeah. Besides, obviously, the merch, which if you guys haven't checked it out, you definitely should. Which every purchase saves a unicorn. We forgot to add that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, saves a unicorn. Yeah. I fucked up because I was gonna wear my merch today, but I didn't do laundry. So uh. next episode, episode forty nine, to start off the new year, I'll be wearing it. That's a that's drill. That's another drill guarantee for you right there. <laughs> I was going to say, I've been wearing my hat and I've got so many people being like, dude, wait, dude, the amount of people that will stop me at like your day to day, you don't realize how many people actually play D&D. &D, but then the moment you start wearing yeah. like D&D &D stuff and then people start mess. 
I went to go get uh there's this uh burger place that is like super like trendy or whatever. And I went there and I had my warlock shirt on and my D D hat on and he was super interested. I was like, this is awesome. And then the other day I went and got a uh, pizza and someone was like, dude, what you play? And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, I, it's like, a, you know what I mean? Signed uh, out in the community. It's to a beacon. People. Yeah. Just be like, hey, I too to like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's super cool. But that was a neat little story I had. Um, No, but nothing really, nothing really to plug. Um. You know, like, uh, hope everyone has a great holiday season. Um, yeah, get a little safe travels, know, spike some spiked eggnog, safe travels, and yeah. um, don't drink and drive. Everybody be safe on the road, please. Word. Yeah, don't combine those. Don't combine travel, <laughs> traveling and spiced oh, eggnog. I also have but. to put a disclaimer out there. Um, don't forklift and D and D four hundred four. Okay, we have a number of incidents. This is not a joke. Like this is like something we have been told that there have been accidents while listening to our podcast. While operating a forklift, this show is not forklift approved. Yeah, we don't okay. we don't recommend listening to the podcast while operating heavy machinery. OSHA has been calling me. Yes, and they are threatening to sue because it's an OSHA <laughs> violation. Okay. Yeah, our legal team is talking to their legal team. It's, it's... <laughs> our legal team is Reginald. <laughs> yeah, I'm swimming in paperwork here. <laughs> <laughs> Solid thieves can't. I don't know what to do. <laughs> With little Sids running around trying to help him. <laughs> Is this uh, legal help? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, take All it right. easy, everybody. Happy holidays. Yep. Bye-bye. Later, guys. Bye, everybody. Now it's time for the Patreon shoutouts. First up is our Sidgwick College alumni. Ulrich Shield Dust. Ulrich has been hard at work. After aiding Dilmore's reconstruction, the Shield Hard Forge is finally back up and running. The sounds of hammers on anvils are being struck and heard deep into the night. His customers are overjoyed and say his work has gotten even better since his new hammer. Next up is Artemis. Artemis is currently working security at the Alchemist dorms at the Sigil College. As the summer semester comes to an end, Artemis is working double time, keeping the annoying engineering students away and defending Kemi Joe from ruthless pranks. Next is Alara Dawnstar. Alara is defending a mysterious church forgotten by time on top of a lone hill overlooking watery cliffs alara trains on defending her new home and mysterious artifacts left behind by an old friend enter julius kendrick a dastardly hooligan spreading mischief in south trillis last seen only by the man he murdered Julius's location is unknown but close by. Looming in the shadows, the faint sounds of tolling bells fill the air when he is near. Now we're going to move on to Humbrea's heroes. First up is Alex Dredd. Mr. A. Dredd is currently reigning champion in the Kabuki fighting pits as he recently won a fight with a bugbear while his arms were shackled to a rock. Quite impressive. Next is Charcoal Darts, wild magic artist of Humbrea. Have you noticed the autumn trees recently? That's because she is painting the environs with her new line of oil paints. Last is Man with Glass. Recently, Man with Glass has been arrested for assault. Reports say he attacked somebody named Man with Stones. Man with Glass claims Man with Stones had it coming and got rocked. 
That's it for this episode's shoutouts, and a big thank you to this month's Patreon supporters. If you want to be added to our shoutouts, go ahead and click that Patreon link down below to find out more. See ya! Somewhere in the distance, in the land covered in shadow, within a shrouded tower, stands a figure donned in robes of red with accented gold stitches around the hood covering the figure's face. An old hand stretches out in front of the figure, reaching to a scrying orb. In the orb is an image of our heroes. Wow, look who fell into our shadow. Send in the Revenger.